What's up? Did they already give it to him? Just so you know, it's recording. and space in which we can come and worship you, that we can stop in all the business of our lives, Lord, that we want to do you in this morning. Just pray over Keith as he shares your word to us, pray you bless him, Holy Spirit, speak through him, open our hearts and challenge us, Lord, to hear your words, that we may walk away not just uh, letting it in and letting it sit there, but letting it change us and shape us and mold us for the week and days and months ahead. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. The last time I preached, uh, it was level two, and there were two services for those of you who remember, and you were limited to 15 minutes. I'm still in that mode. <laughs> no, no, I didn't say I'm going to preach for you. Well, it's been an interesting uh, experience having a look at joy. That's our theme for this morning. And uh, it, it's quite um, interesting for me because I, I'm not really... Um, an expressive person. I, I have a, a brother <laughs> who watches those games with um, his body, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Celeste and I were trying to get a, um, a clip so that you could see what it's like. You know, just the whole and the celebration when the right team wins. <laughs> which team that is in a moment, <laughs> is the celebratory joy is just amazing to watch, except that I don't feel the same way he does, even though we support the same team. I don't seem to be that expressive. doesn't mean I don't express joy. Uh, in actual fact, uh, my daughter, uh, when, we, when she was little, she watched my brother watching Rugby. It's, it's, a, it's a sight to behold. <laughs> and she said, Paul, 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 why are they, why are they fighting? Well, she said, no, no, it's not a fight, it's a rugby, they have tried to get the ball. And my recollection is she said something to the effect of, if they each had their own ball, they wouldn't have to fight. <laughs> nice. Tond. Nice. Now she's made me a grandmother. Grandmother? Sorry. Grandfather. So when I was provided with this opportunity to look deeper 
I discovered a whole industry. Oh, oh just for the record, we support the team in black. <laughs> we supported the team in black when we lived in South Africa. <laughs> so when you provided with this opportunity to look at joy in a deeper level, I discovered a whole industry about people wanting to bring joy into their lives. Just came across this uh, particular you know, 12 incredible ways to add joy to your life, and then it talked about your own control over happiness. It's quite interesting because that's what I discovered, this joy and happiness. What's the difference? What, what is it about? And as I read that list, I thought that's actually quite nice, except that there are two people or two groups of people that are on my mind at this present time. Uh, one is a family with two children, the ages of my grandchildren, who live in a cabin at the park in Lower Hutt. Yeah, it's all nice to say snuggling cuddle, but how do they, with no end in sight, because where are they going to find a rental? Another person that has come to mind is someone that has had to lock the fridge because the food has to last. Where, where does joy fit into that? Because, yes, it's all okay to say, make something, take in nature, laugh until you cry, and those kind of things. It made me think about, these are pleasurable things, but they pass away. What's the Bible's perspective on joy? I found four, which I'd just like to share a bit about, because it actually goes a bit deeper. There are probably pretty more. But it has to be just more, it has to be more about the just favorable conditions. Celebrating when your team wins. What, what, what is it about the joy? Well, there's the joy as excitement, uh, the wow aspect. It's, it's there, it is there. It's, it's when the Magi saw the star, they were filled with ecstatic joy. What was interesting was that they were filled with joy when they saw the star, not, not even when they got to the baby. So for me, that was this whole uh, anticipation of what that meant. And you can just imagine their sense of uh, feeling about this particular event, which they had come to understand. So that was the first one. Joy as, as excitement. And yes, even though I don't express it in that kind of exuberant way, there is that sense of, uh, yes, you know, I'm sort of more of a quiet one when I try to score. There's another aspect of joy that the Bible talks about. It's joy as a result of others. I'll read that in a, in a moment that Paul talks about it, but um, I present seminars through my work and uh, normally at hotels or places where they have uh, conferences. And I walked into a, a hotel lobby and there was this young woman who was probably approaching 40 and for the first time since I taught at Hutt Valley High, I'd seen her. 
And this was, uh, I still recognized it. Some, some people keep their physical looks for a longer time than others. <laughs> I'm just careful about what I say. <laughs> um, but there she was, and she, the first thing she said to me, Mr. Bourne, oh my God. And she said, oh, and I'm so sorry, I was such a bee. <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, I'm so glad to see you. What, what, what are you doing here? She was the manager, the front office manager, um, working there. And of course, when she said, I'm sorry that I've been such a bee, um, I really, you can imagine what she was like. But the sense of the result of others, that sense of joy, it was just deep welling in within me. And I think this is what Paul was talking about when he said to the Thessalonians, after all, what gives us hope and joy and what we are, what will be our proud reward and crown as we stand before our Lord Jesus when he returns, it's you. And I hope that that's part of what you have been doing, feeding in to the lives of others. The joy that comes from that is quite incredible. I know Paul found that. There are more verses where Paul describes us. He says in Philippians, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. This is the same joy that the prodigal son's father found when he came back. Remember his expressions. My son was dead and is alive, was lost and now is fine. This great joy, unspeakable and amazing. That's the second joy that I discovered. And then the third one, and this one threw me a bit because it's joy through suffering. That doesn't make sense. It implies that joy cannot just be about being happy and, and having favorable circumstances. What's this about? And as I started to look at these verses, and there are quite a few of them, I only chose some. Jesus, in Hebrews, the writer says, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning and shame. And then, for us, James says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. That doesn't make sense. And you can see why. I mean, I've read these verses. I, I know them. But in the middle of it, it just doesn't. There's no joy there whether it's expressive or whether it's quiet. But this is the, Paul goes on to say, James goes on to say, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish it work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And as I looked at that, 
something came to mind which I remember, and um, it was this. Uh, no comments about the hairstyle. <laughs> That's 1990. That was in the local newspaper when I came from Cape Town to, work, to teach at Waverley High School. I remembered a, a 10 year old girl um, <coughs> saying to me, very sort of innocent, grew up in the back blocks of, of, of Waverley on a farm, and she said, Mr. Vaughan, how do you get your hair like that? <laughs> And I said, I, I was born with it like that. Uh, she said, because I've never seen hair like that except on our sheep. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I cut it short. <laughs> short all the time. But it was hard in Waverley. I'd come from Cape Town where you could tell the children to jump and they'd say, yes sir, how high on the way up. I came to Waverley High School and tried the same thing and you can just imagine what they told me. <laughs> and we prayed in our home group. We prayed for these children. God, work in their lives. Change them. Do something miraculous in their lives. And it just didn't seem change the children at all. We continue to pray. And what eventuated, because in my mind these were just rude and disrespectful children, and if they could be less rude and disrespectful that would change everything. But as we prayed, an incredible thing happened, not to the children, the children never changed that much but to me and as and I wonder if that's what that verse is about it is about Peter says rejoice in so much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ in those trials in those difficult times because what is happening through that is God is initiating the joy. Let me assure you that as my life changed through those times, I looked back with, yes, with joy on what I had journeyed through. Not at the time, and this is something that I want to be very clear about, in the middle of it. In the middle of apartheid and growing up as a as a person of color during those apartheid years in South Africa, uh, it, I hated it. But what God was working through that is what the writers talk about. The suffering and sorrow, and this is my question to you in those difficult times. What is God seeking to outwork in you? It's not a kitsch question. It's not a, oh, don't worry, you know, God's just making you uh, better. It's not that kind of response. But can I assure you that through these trials, the joy that we when we get through it, 
Johnny Erickson, who was uh, injured as a 16-year-old in a diving accident, wheelchaired for life, said this, God's purpose in redeeming us was not necessary to give us a happy life because her life couldn't have been happy from the age of 16. God's purpose in redeeming us was to make us more like Christ. Therein lies where joy is found through suffering. It's about the already, but not yet. The joy in what is to come. We have been delivered from this burden of sin. It's already happened. But what is to come is this hope and therein lies where our joy is centered and firm. Hebrews 10 verse 34 says, You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves, this is in what is to come, had better and lasting possessions. It's a deep-seated knowledge that it will all be all right. That doesn't excuse what happens now and how we, and I know of people in this church who's trying to bring joy in very practical ways to people. We live with this knowledge that God will pull through. We will have victory, the final victory over adversity. That's the center of what the joy means from a biblical perspective. The joy through suffering, but the joy in what is to come. And we hold fast to that. Not just uh, don't worry about now, just worry about when you die and go to heaven. But as we work through what that means for people now, trying to give them a foretaste of what is to come, that is the journey which you and I as followers of Christ are involved in. Let's just pray. Lord, we thank you for your word and how it speaks about this unspeakable joy, the sense of knowing that it's centered in a God who's never changing and a God who's always, always there. Our circumstances may be great and not so great, but our joy is eternal because it's centered in God. May we hold on to that during this Advent season as we sing these carols about joy, knowing that you are the one that um, provides that for us, not just our circumstances. We pray this in Jesus' name.